Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are across the world, thank you for making this part of your day. Thanks for taking a listen, guys. The show just keeps growing. I can't thank you guys enough. I know I thanked you in the last episode, but I'll keep thanking you. Um, <clears throat> gosh, lots to talk about today. Uh, hope everyone is doing well. Hope everyone enjoyed the football this weekend. Hope everyone enjoyed Ike's thrashing of in the new stadium. All right, so let's get on to it. Uh, Going to touch on some news and notes first. Uh, nothing really about the football team. I'll get to that in a second. So basketball, I thought they were playing today on the 4th for some reason. I knew that the BCL was starting today or starting yesterday. I thought we were playing on the 4th. I have some free time today. Uh, full disclosure, I'm recording this podcast in the morning. Normally I record at night, which actually feels so much better. I like when I can get a chance to record in the morning. I feel like my energy is much more high. You know, you're not as exhausted from the day's work with work stuff and family stuff and kids and all that jazz. So feeling very energetic this morning. Um, anyway, so I thought that the uh, that we were playing today. Unfortunately, we were playing yesterday. I didn't get a chance to watch that match. We lost uh, by three to a team from uh, Smidni in Turkey. Um, honestly, I'm going to say more about this in the next podcast when I come out with a preview pod to <clears throat> to preview our matchup against um, Adis this weekend. I'll talk more basketball then. I'm going to try to go back and watch the basketball game because... If my memory serves me correct, and I haven't looked this up, I totally forgot I meant to look it up before I started the podcast. Um, I think if you live outside of Europe, you can watch the BCL matches on YouTube. So I'm going to go back and watch and take some notes and just discuss how I see the basketball team so far this year. This team needs time to gel, but I mean, to go up against a good, a good, a decent Turkish opponent who is highly ranked in the BCL and to only to only lose by them by three on the road and this team's basically a brand new team the only statistic I didn't like and guys I'm not ethnocentric I'm not you know I'm a very proud Greek but I'm not like a Greek nationalist I'm not a xenophobe the nephoxenophobia uh, the only statistic that I saw from the game that I didn't like, and I saw that they were talking about, um, that there was no, no Greek players had any points in this game. It was all foreigners. Um, the foreign players, I looked at the roster. I mean, it looks, it looks good. Everyone says that, you know, we just need time to give time. <clears throat> we just need to give this team time to gel. And I think we're going to have a good season in basketball. Hopefully that's the truth. I'll, I'll, um, like I said, I'll report more about this in the, Next podcast on our on the Vasilisa and how they're building up. You know, first uh, it was the first Postalena Ipisimo Pichnidi regular season match, what have you. Um, yesterday in this BCL, I think the Greek league starts this weekend. Alfaena. So, you know, I mean, they didn't get off on the right foot. But at the same time, great performance in Turkey. Like I said, they lost by three. They lost 91 to 88, which, I mean, almost scoring 88 points for a team that's 
been together maybe a couple of months in constantly adding pieces. Um, that's a pretty good performance. So let's move on from that. Let's go on to the meat of the conversation. Ike Onikos, first game in Philadelphia. Eregia Sofia, Opa Parina. Man, wow. I said the other day that I was jealous of everyone that went to the uh, grand opening fiesta and how emotional that was and how tearful that was. Man, I, first off, it sucked that it began on a 22 minute delay, especially for me because uh, I had obligations after the game, the match, and I was going to leave the house right at three o'clock to make this meeting. So um, it sucked that it was delayed because I didn't, I didn't get to finish watching it. I was going to, you know, it was going to be perfect time and the game was going to end or be close to ending and then I was going to leave. So I ended up uh, missing the last uh, 10. No, I missed more than that. I missed the last 20 minutes. Um, but what an atmosphere, man. What? Gosh, and then the game began, and guys, I'm not kidding you, man. I tried to remember and tried to really focus to take good notes so I could talk more about the game, but the first freaking, like, 20 minutes, I don't know how everyone else felt. I had goosebumps. My heart felt like it was going to pump out of my chest. Just my adrenaline was flowing. It was an incredible sight. It uh, Just a, a mixture of emotions, like... I can't believe what I'm watching. I can't believe I'm watching Ike play back in uh, in Philadelphia, first of all. It doesn't resemble the old stadium, so it was kind of, you know, you in, in your mind, man, because we've watched Oaxaca for almost 20 years, because we've watched Ike play at Oaxaca for almost 20 years, in my mind, it didn't feel like an Ike home game at first. Uh, when the football began, you know, before, obviously the pyro show and all the fans and ah, intense atmosphere. Um, But it was just like, I can't describe what what I was feeling in that moment. And oh man, it, it, gosh, for those of you that are listening that are in Greece or those of you that were able to travel to Greece to go to this first match, man, big ups to you guys. I'm so jealous in a good way. Jealous of, Gosh, that just looked like it was so much fun. Uh, And I tweeted about this during the game that I just has a different feel to it in this stadium. Even watching it on TV, watching this club on TV play their home game in this new stadium is incredible compared to watching them play in Oaxaca. Gosh, so... Getting on to the match, I mean, I pressed from the moment it began, I think with a minute and 25 seconds in, Levy Garcia had the first chance of the match. Uh, the coach for Nikos said it afterwards that uh, Coach Spanos said that, um, you know, he expected Ike to come out kind of nervous and he was going to play off that and they were going to try to play on the counter, but that never happened. Ike just pressed them, you know, this, this, this constant pressure that uh, Almeida has put has has put into the uh, the fabric of this this team that he's creating and that caused the Onikos to make a lot of mistakes and you know obviously Gatsinovich got the first goal what a strike 
Oh my goodness. I think the, the stats on TV were, it was from 22 yards out or 22 meters out. And the ball was traveling in, traveling at 86 mile, uh, 86 kilometers an hour. What a strike. Um, fitting how the last player to score in the old Nikos Guma Stadium was Ilyan Ivic, a Serb. And now uh, a Yasofia account opens with Gatsinovic, also a Serb. I have a great love for Serbian people, so it was it was nice. And it was actually, I didn't find this out till like a day or two later. It was actually his first goal in Greece, period. I mean, he didn't score for Panathinaikos last year. So this was his first goal in Greece. So good for him. I mean, he got another one later on. Uh, and ever since then, we just kept on the press. And then I said, if we get a second goal here, you know, I even, guys, if you guys remember, if you guys listened to the episode uh, Friday or Saturday, whenever it was that I put it out, I talked about this. I said, if we can get one, two goals, then it could, I mean, the scoreline could have been so high. It it felt like every time Ike would advance the ball forward and advance the ball, let's say, even close to the box, to put it in Greek t- terms, mid is a goal. I mean, that, that's, there's no other way. It, was, uh, it felt like there was going to be some type of chance. I mean, whether it was a half chance or a good chance, this scoreline could have been crazy if, if some of these... Uh, if some of these chances that actually went in. And I, I feel like manager Spanos, this was one of his main points. He's like, after the second goal, we started playing nervous. And you could tell that in the stadium. You could tell that, first off, I tweeted about this also, that this was the first time in a really long time I felt like I saw Ike players enjoying themselves playing football which was nice to see. You could tell they were feeding off the energy of the crowd, which that's what you want. Uh, and you could tell you Nikos was just holding back, watching their lines. They would come out of their, their line um, every once in a while. I mean, in the first half, they really did not... They didn't have a chance in the first half. And they also... I mean, they... I, I paid attention to this. In the half hour, the first half hour of the match, they crossed the center line. And this means like with them going on an attack, not having a clearance and the ball passing the center line, them actually going on the attack or trying to go on a counter twice. That was incredible. I mean, we were just we were just keeping that press on. We got that second goal with Levy Garcia. It was nice to see him score. Um you could tell everyone had Orixi to score. Even Rota had a couple of shots. And again, going back to the Gasinovich goal, um, like I've said, I like this tactic with the closed defenses that uh, Almeida has clearly applied, where if you have a good foot, take a shot. Why not take a crack at it? You know, the last two games, that's how the defenses have opened up. Um, so... On the second goal, I mean, I have to talk about this player right now. For me, we all knew Gatsinovich, if he plays in that, um, in the correct position that he likes to play in, either midfield or kind of a, a winger position, or midfield slash winger, um, in this system that Almeida has been playing in, that he could do great things. And I had talked about Eliasson and how much I liked the way he moved with the ball, his speed, 
But the one thing that I talked about that really, really shined through in this in this match, if if you guys were able to pay attention, uh, this guy had it was, stood out so much because of how well he crossed the ball. He didn't just cross the ball and say, "Hey." He crossed the ball with purpose that it was going to find someone. And a couple of times, he, I mean, he just created chances. It was good to see a winger playing in that, uh, just having a, a great cross. Because I think that's something that Rota can learn from. Uh, Rota, you know, it, it felt like, to put it simply, Iliason, if he makes 10 crosses, let's say, I think seven of them will be viable to for someone to get on the end of that cross. As Rorota is the exact opposite. If he makes 10 crosses, I feel like three or four uh, could potentially be a chance, um, if that makes sense. So I really like the way he played. Ilyason, I, I really liked watching him. I felt like he was a standout. And another thing that I loved in this match, I know Gatsinovic was, was player was man of the match or whatever, but I loved the fact that we have footballers with high football IQ. What do I mean by that? That have a sense of presence, that have a sense of what to do with the ball when they get it, how to pass the ball, where to pass it. Uh, maybe this is because the team is, is really starting to click and really starting to gel now. But Gacinovic, at one point... We were advancing the ball forward and he was in an offside position and he comes back and realizes, and, th and this takes, you know, uh, a veteran player to know this, that he knew exactly when he could come back onside and go after the ball. And actually he, he won a foul on that play. Um, that might seem like something stupid or whatever to say to, to the normal eye, but to me, that's high football IQ because not every player can do that. Not every player realizes that. Not every player, like, tracks back. Some players, you know, they'll slowly walk back and come on side. But he realized, if, if I'm remembering the play correctly, that this player was trying to play the ball. And he was a, he knew the moment he was able to come back on side. Um which that's, you saw so many Ike players, I feel like, during that whole entire game, just make great decisions like that, great football decisions. Now, granted, this is a Unicos team that's beat up. This is a Unicos team that's last on the table. But, I mean, listen, we had great performances. The thing that really shined to me is that we beat a good Panatolikos team last time out. We shut them out. And we saw what they did over the weekend. They beat somebody 4-1. They beat a decent opponent. Uh, I want to say Yanana. In Yanana. If I'm not mistaken. I could, I could be mistaken, guys. But they scored four on Yanana. I mean, you know, this was a Panatolikos team that was, that was um, gelling very well. And playing very good football. And is playing very good football right now. So, yes, we can demean and say, okay, this was against Dionikos. Some people might demean this victory, but I mean, the way the club played, the way the team played um, Monday is uh, no short feat. I mean, they, they, they dominated. And this was a game that kind of scared me because I was like, you know, uh, if we don't continue and have a good performance, 
what's going to happen if there's an ugly result here, especially the first game at Hagia Sophia. And you guys know what would have happened. All this celebration, all this happiness. Yes, unfortunately, this is sport. This is football. Eventually, we're going to lose games in the stadium. But let me tell you something. It's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy for opponents to come here. And I can't wait for that first derby that we're going to play here at Hagia Sophia because uh, it's it's going to be so intense. Um, big ups to uh, Original and the Tifo they put out. I forgot to mention that earlier. Um, just You know, they could have picked anything. They could have picked a historical moment. They could have picked something else to make a Tifo about on the team's first match. They chose to honor fans that have passed on. Um that are watching from up high. And that was just, it was a beautiful moment, something beautiful to see for all the fans that were not able to be here at the, this opening match in Hagia Sophia. So, but overall, a, a very well performance, very well put together performance by this club. Um, Pineda, again. So, <clears throat> let me backtrack. I mentioned Pineda. I've told you guys before about this sh- this uh, program, it's on YouTube at Enocitilia GR. Um, Ike Talk with uh, uh, Stavros Kazajoglu. Um, he's a writer, reporter for Ike. He brings on another, a bunch of other reporters that report for Enocitilia GR. They're all over the, the Ike sphere, let's say. They, they write for Orega Sport, which is a night newspaper. You know, the website, which is Enocitilia uh, GR. But one of the most interesting programs that he has is that most of the time it's been on Monday afternoons after the match, but obviously we were playing, not after the match, Monday afternoons after, or Monday night, Greek time, after Ike plays over the weekend. But obviously this week I played on a Monday, so the program was yesterday. And I, and I took a listen and I really like listening to this because you're getting the opinion of an ex-football player, not just an ex-football player, a very veteran professional ex-football player, an ex-football player that played in uh, in the Premier League um, back when it wasn't so popular for Greeks, that not very many Greeks had broke through and p- played in the Premier League. Um, he played, I think, for Sheffield United. Um, but I just, I'm going to play off of some of the comments that he made that I really liked. For him, these are his words, not mine, guys. I know you guys know my infatuation, my love for Pineda. I've said it since day one, since we got this player, that he was going to be something spectacular to watch in this league if he could really find himself. You know, once again, I have to beat this point in that I'm so frustrated with team management that they weren't able to get a, uh, a uh, what's it called, uh, an option to buy at the end of the loan at the end of this year because I feel like this guy's worth like $10 million. I mean, honestly, I would I would pay that for him. Maybe not $10 million, but, you know, if it was a reasonable price, even if it was a little overpriced, I would pay for, to keep this guy. I just feel like he's such a great footballer. Um, and he, Vasilis Borbokis, I saw Pineda do good things in the, in the in this game. But Vasilis Borbokis said that this was the best player uh, of the entire game for Ike. Uh, you know, just, uh, he talked about the... The movements that Pineda makes, the passes, just the, the quality of player, the the football IQ, as I mentioned before, that this guy has. Um, 
Another good thing that uh, Basil's book is mentioned, um, Stavro Kestadoglu asked him, you know, what do you, how do you, what percentage would you give watching Ike in this stadium? What percentage would you give uh, as far as how much the crowd helps Ike win and how many, how much, how much do you think this is going to help Ike win? And he said a hundred percent. He said, this crowd's going to help. The stadium's going to help. Uh, and he even took it a step further, Borboki, and said that this is going to help Ike improve by at least 10 points every season. Uh, because you have that capability. And I know you guys have probably heard me talk about this before, just like at Karaskaki. Unfortunately, we've been on the end of of that sometimes where Olympiacos just starts rolling, that crowd gets behind them, and you, they just start... Uh, getting one goal after the other. And honestly, this is shades of this game, Ike Onikos, is shades of Ike in the past, where when we played at Nikos Gumas, we would get wins like this just because the intimidation of the crowd. Now, some people take that with a grain of salt and say, you know, I mean, you know, footballers are professionals and they're used to playing in these atmospheres. Yes, but you also have to think like, a footballer's mentality. Some players and great players, uh, I know, <laughs> and I know I'm going to talk about myself here, and I never played at, any, at a level this type, but I felt like when I did play organized ball, any type of organized ball, if the crowd would get not behind the team, but even when we would play away games and the crowd was against us, or let's say in a large crowd that was going against my team, that would amp me up. That would get, get me jacked up to play. That would get me just fired up. I would play better. I would love, even if people were like talking junk in my ear, I would, I would love to hear that. Some players, it get you know, it, that happens and they want to play in that environment. They, they relish on it. They want to play the villain, you know, in a, in a derby, they want to play the villain. Yeah. Like I'm going to, as you know, I'm going to, I'm going to bend all you guys over, Pule. Uh, but some, there's a lot of people out there, man, that that's, that's one thing why they couldn't even make it to that level because they would clam up. It, you know, <coughs> if you guys can remember, even in your school days, watching playing pickup games, whether it was pickup, you know, football, soccer, you know, even basketball, you would see some players that, you know, just playing a pickup game, you would be like, oh, man, this, this guy can really ball out. This guy's a pictara. This guy, and then you suit him up and put him in, a, in an organized match, and he wouldn't even be half the player that he was. And you would talk to them afterwards, and you'd be like, I don't know what happens to me. He's just not the same player, you know? Um so I definitely agree with him there. I mean, we've talked about this before, guys. This is going to be a tough place for teams to play. A tough place for young players to come in and play. Tough place in derbies if we get the lead and this crowd really is ramped up behind the, the, the team. How hard it's going to be for teams to come in here and win. I mean, just look at... I know, bad example. Just look at what happened to us in, in Vikilidis last, uh, last season. Uh, hopefully we can get some of our, our put in Greek terms, going traveling to the Saloniki this weekend. 
and playing that big, big, big match against Adi. So, of course, we'll get to that later. Um, another thing that he talked about, you know, that I kind of disagreed with, um, and I think most fans disagree with, but you have to take this. Like, I, I like listening to him, like I said, because he's an ex-player, so he can kind of give you that little bit of more edge that reporters or you yourself not that you don't understand because if you watched football or watched sports for so many years you understand this stuff but to kind of put you in the player's mentality uh Mandelos of course came out and looked terrible and but again big ups to us Ike fans people applauded him even after he had a terrible shot in the game um you know he got an ovation, big ups for Ike to recognize that. This guy has heard so much, and there's part of me that does feel bad for him because, like I said last year, not to try to defend him, even though it was a horrible year for Ike. He actually, I think, led or was up to the lead in the in uh, assist in the, in, in the entire league, in the entire Super League. So, But unfortunately, we have that in Greek football where... We'll get behind and we'll get onto the, especially the Greek players, um, if they're not doing well, if the team's performance is not doing well. Um, but one thing that he said that may, that kind of makes sense, and if you watch leagues around the world, I, I didn't like this opinion, but he said that, you know, Mandalos is out of favor. The coach, Almeida, prefers to have, um, uh, prefers to have Pineda in the game. So that's why when Mandalo steps onto the pitch, and he, Borboki, said that this was a big mistake for Ike. They should have started Mandalos because he's been, you know, this massive player for Ike for years. He came up with them through the, through the lower divisions. Um, that was his opinion. Me, I don't know. I this was the manager's decision to start Pineda and put Mandalo in later. But he said, you know, if you're out of favor, it's like any other human being, you know, and um, he said, Borboki said that, uh, you know, if you're out of favor, you're not going to play well. And this wasn't explained to Mandalos that he was going to be on the bench. Um so he maybe not, his headspace, his mentality was maybe not there to play well. Um, and he's, Borboki said that we should just go ahead and we should have cut him over the summer and or just uh, let him go. Um, I feel differently about that. I feel differently for most fans and that you get paid to do a job, it's not guaranteed. You know football is a high... You know, it's highly competitive and it's next man up. You have to be prepared for that. You have to be prepared as you're getting older. If your performance is not there, that they're going to find someone else to to play better. You know, you gave up the captaincy over the summer. You said you didn't want to be captain anymore. And I don't blame him. The guy heard so much at the last game against uh, Olympiacos last season. Um, but... Borboki said that you sh you shouldn't look at that because these players also play for pride and they want to play. And that's totally understandable. I disagree with him there. I do agree with him at a, at a certain point that he made after that, though, where he said that um, 
in all major countries in Europe and in all major leagues. And eventually he's like, this is going to take a lot of time to happen in, in Greece, but he believes this is going to happen in Greece, that we can't have this mentality in Greek football that if we cut someone loose, that they're going to go on to a rival. And the reason why we're f- afraid of cutting people loose like that, I mean, look at Bakakis, because we're afraid we're going to see him in an Olympiacos uniform or a Panathinaikos uniform and see them play well. He's like, we have to get over that. And you see that in other leagues, in the Premier League, especially where players are not in the plans of the management. They've, you know, their time is up at a certain, at a certain club. And then you, you let them go. I mean, a, a good prime example would be Fortunis Olympiacos hung around for, and they gave him a contract extension and he's not playing. I mean, and, you know, I did hear rumors that maybe if he was cut from Olympiacos, he was going to come to Ike. Listen, in full disclosure, man, that, that I do agree with Rupokis. He says if, if a player's out of favor or you're not planning on playing a player, just cut him. Just cut him. It helps you. It helps you save money. It helps the, the player themselves. Like, you can't be so worried about that, you know, Olympiacos would pick up Mandalos and Mandalo would go ball out at Olympiacos or Panathinaikos or Aris or Pauk or whatever. Um, so that's something that has to change in Greek football. And he says eventually it will change. I really liked, you know, a lot. He made a lot of other good points, but I think those are the three points that I wanted to take from that and kind of play off of that and talk about those things because I found it very interesting, especially with the crowd, because when Stavro asked that question and I thought to myself, I was like, he's going to say that the crowd really doesn't matter. Like maybe it matters like 50%, but he said it matters a hundred percent. And like I said, he said that, um, it would, it's going to give Ike at least bare minimum, at least 10 more points for the rest of the season, which I believe because you look at some of these, I mean, guys, it, it just has a, I just has a different feel in that stadium. It might sounding crazy saying this, but it just does. It like, gosh, I'm telling you, my heart was pounding out of my chest. But, um, let me move on here. Uh, so I was going to go on a rant at first about this. I had this whole like page written now where I was going to go after a lot of the haters because there was a lot of haters out this weekend for Ike. Um, and I was going to go after them. I was going to go after people like, you know, Takis Chukalas, who I honestly, I respect him as a fan. He, he entertains me at times, you know, I mean, you have to take everything he says with a grain of salt, but, uh, you know, I was going to go after some fans that I heard on the radio. And then if you guys in, in Greece or the follow Greek media and whatnot had heard about how some uh, artists out there, like singers or whatever, had come out and protested against the Dikefalo Aito being out of, outside of the stadium and how Ike should get rid of their emblem because it's a, it's a nationalistic and ethnicic, uh, whatever you want to call it. Like, it's basically the argument they were making, if you guys live in the States, is the same argument people have been making about certain uh, mascots here, symbols here in the United States. Which that doesn't even freaking compare. Um, the one person I will kind of go after a, a little bit, and I'm going to keep it kind of G rated because I did. I started thinking about it before recording the podcast, and I was like, I'm not going to go, uh, I'm not going to go too crazy. Um, is going after, 
is going after Marinakis. And the only reason why I'm going after him a little bit here is because he is the freaking president of the Super League. And okay, the first part of his comment, for those of you that maybe don't know, um, Milisanidi sent out invitations to all the heads, all the owners, and a bunch of people from around Greek football uh, to come to the stadium. Some came, some didn't come. Uh, he extended an invitation to Marinakis, which I thought was very admirable because I thought maybe there was one person he wasn't going to invite. And listen, the first part of Marinakis' response is, I don't want to go in there and hear 30,000 people cursing my mom. And listen, from a certain standpoint, I totally respect that and understand it. I wouldn't want that either for myself. But the rest of the stuff that he said after that, and I don't remember the entire quote, but I remember certain pieces uh, where he was saying how Ike took all this money from the government and Ike Stadium. And, you know, first off, for all those that keep saying all this stuff about how Ike robbed the government or robbed the Greek people of like 800 million euros because we were in debt that much money. Okay, Ike's debt, the Ike that was owed, the money that was owed by Ike was paid to the government. It paid to whoever it needed to pay on a tax pur pur purpose, right? The rest of the money that Ike owed at that time before we fell a division was... That money was sent out to be collected by the people that actually owed the money. Old owners of Ike. You know, it's one of the reasons why Psumiade ended up in jail. Part of many reasons why Psumiade ended up in jail. Uh, but that debt was sent out to be collected um, and to be charged to people that actually did stupid things at Ike. So that's why Ike's debt, most of it was wiped out. But still, the debt that was owed to the taxes and to the government was paid by Ike. First ex explanation. Uh, people say, you know, other teams fans want to say, and that. Listen, from that perspective, guys, this guy's also a businessman. I mean, no one goes into a business and says, I'm going to buy a business that's millions of dollars in debt when I can get it for hundreds of thousands of dollars next month after they declare bankruptcy. You know, I mean, that was just a business decision. Whether it was good or not, you know, I mean, it was good because instead of buying Ike and keeping them up and trying to build that way, he built the team from the ground up and he was able to build the stadium and the guy's going to have a statue outside of the stadium one day, honestly. I mean, um, and then... People talk about Taleftatis Periferia, Sposo Edusi Periferia, Anomaly, That money was given so streets could be built, the area around the stadium could be remodeled and renovated, and businesses and people are going to make money off of this. I mean, you, you look at the stadium, the front of the stadium is like a platia, there's restaurants and bars and cafes there. They were all jam-packed. Jam-packed. I mean, Borboki said there was at least 100,000 people outside of the stadium Monday. All those businesses make money. Why don't we look at that? Mr. Marinakis, if you care so much about the integrity of the league, why don't you talk to Apple and talk to the rest of the Super League teams 
and let us have away fans. Do you guys know how much money these smaller clubs, how much they depend on away fans coming to their games? Like La Mia, Panatolikos, you know, not to demean these places, Livadiakos. They're, they're thirsty, nipsane, for these bigger clubs to come uh, to these away matches because they make money. They make money because fans go there and they spend money, not just on the stadium, the, suf- the suflagidico, the propogidico, the freaking, you know, cafeteria. They make so much money. And they even, you know, there was even a guy that said it on the radio the other day that said, we used to wait on these teams to come into town because we would make enough money to pay our bills for the entire month. Why don't you focus on that? You play the manga in the freaking Greek Super League, but he said freaking, you're a, you're a mute in the Premiership. You did against my guess for Premiership. I might say so mangas. That's all I'm going to say about that because I'm, I'm starting to get fired up and I'm going to say a lot of things about that club and, you know... I mean, then, you know, are you just jealous? Are you just jealous that your club still owes money, doesn't own their own stadium, it's owned by a bank in Bera? Is that why you're jealous? Are you jealous because of your own history that you haven't done crap in Europe as far as advancements that Ike has done more than you for those that want to call Ike a small club? Who's gone further in tournaments? Have you ever made a European semifinal? We made the quarterfinals in every European competition. Is that what made you jealous? Is that what made you Olympiacos fans jealous of Ike? Ah, semi-narchisotora. Ketaparosokranio. Or are you jealous because Ike owns their own stadium and you stole another team's stadium? Because if you guys remember, if you were old enough to remember, the old Karaiskaki stadium had blue seat, blue and white seats in it. Why did it have blue and white seats instead of red and white seats? Because the stadium was shared and part of it was owned by Ethnikos. But Kokali killed off Ethnikos years ago. Ethnikos Piraeus. Τα ξεχνάμε αυτά, τα ξεχνάμε. Εδώ λέμε αλήθειες. Όπως λέει και αυτός ο τρελός και κάτω στον Πειραιά ο παππούς. Εντάξει είμαστε, εντάξει είμαστε. Την αλήθεια που, λέ, που λες στον κόσμο, κάνεις τάχα ότι λες αλήθειες, αλλά δεν λες αλήθειες. Να λες, να λες την αλήθεια. Ή όταν μιλάς για τις άκτα προσταθήματα, να τα βάζεις τα 13 άμα είσαι μάγκας. Άμα θες να είσαι πυρήφανος ολυμπιακός και να πεις άξιζε να πάρει το πρωτάθλημα το 8. Γιατί σας το κόσαμε καλά 4-0. Από εκεί πέρα. Sorry guys. That whole discussion always gets my blood boiling. Uh, but that's it for today's show. I'm not going to keep you guys any longer. I'm going to talk about, um, you know, I'll be back later on in the week to preview the game with Aris. Uh, and talk about what happened over the weekend. Uh, this past weekend in the other games, how Panathinaikos won and how, you know, everyone else gets a penalty. That's another thing I wanted to talk about in the game. Let's backtrack a little bit. How, you know, that Araujo penalty, in my opinion, that I saw was not even checked by the referee. It's not the referee's fault. VAR should have called him to at least check it. I don't understand how Panathinaikos seems to get a penalty almost every game. Uh, Olympiacos got two penalties in the first half. Now, in full disclosure, I didn't see highlights of these games, so I don't know if they were true penalties or not, but, you know, I mean, uh, but anyway, guys, I'll be back to talk about that stuff later on in the week in a preview of this big derby we have against Aris, where we need to go up there and get all three points so we can keep pace. Um, this team is gelling. This team is looking good. 
And uh, uh, one, la- one last thing I did want to mention about the game. I'm sorry. I got, I got heated with that whole talk about, you know, Marinakis and everything else. Um, the goal that we conceded, you know, when I went back through and I saw the scoreline, I was at a meeting. And then when I went back through and saw the scoreline and I was like, crap, man, we conceded a goal. That made me a little sad because I was like, you know, um, we had played so well defensively and I wanted to brag on how we had another clean sheet and how we've only conceded three goals this season so far. Well, I mean, listen, it was, I went back and watched the highlights. It was in garbage time. It was in garbage time. And honestly, it was the last play of the game. Yeah, the defenders need to be up at all times of the game. But, you know, it was the game was at hand. I mean, the defenders and the goalkeeper probably thought the game was over, that the ref was going to blow the whistle. And um, when Nikos was able to counter... And they were able to score, but I mean, it can count almost as a clean sheet. I mean, we were never really, Unicos had maybe two chances the whole game besides that chance. And uh, so, yeah, another stellar performance by the defense. So, all right, guys, I hope you guys have a good week. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the week of Champions League football. I mean, yesterday was a very interesting day in the Champions League. Uh, I'll be back to talk hopefully a little more basketball and preview this Addis match. Please like and subscribe or subscribe and rate the podcast. You guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Crazy Ike Fan. By the way, I appreciate all the messages. I'm going to get back to you guys as soon as I can. Uh, like the Facebook page, Crazy Ike Fan. Appreciate all the support, guys, as always. Philadelphia. Que, opus panda, pedia, as always, forza e cara.